Hi there, I'm Nicole Gilbert, and you've joined the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Are you new to sewing and want to start quilting but have no idea where to begin? Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, have no idea how much fabric you need, or you're just trying to figure out where the heck to stick that bobbin, this is the podcast for you. Hey folks, Nicole here. Welcome to episode 43 of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Today, we're going to chat about fussy cutting. It's something that I've done more and more of in my personal quilting and have begun to use throughout all of my English paper piecing projects. But first, guys, a quick announcement. Over the course of several cohorts of the Modern Quilters Academy, I've done a bonus masterclass all about color theory and how it relates to quilting. And the feedback that I've received from my students has been amazing. My students love it, which made me think maybe I should host one of those for you who haven't yet gotten the opportunity to participate. This will be a live masterclass with a Q&A with me uh, following it. So it's a full class. I go over all the nuts and bolts of color theory from basic color theory to how to apply it and what tools, techniques, and technology you can use uh, easily in your everyday life to help you get the perfect color combinations for your next fabric pull. This class will happen on April 13th And if you can't make it in person, a a recording will be available afterwards. Head on over to themodernquilterscircle.com slash color theory to register today. Spots will fill fast. I cannot wait to see you there. All right, folks, let's get sewing. So for those of you unfamiliar with the term, uh, fussy cutting refers to cutting your fabric so a very specific portion of the print is highlighted in a particular orientation. So in general, the term fussy cutting means to be, you know, quote unquote, fussy or particular in how you cut a piece of fabric. This technique is most commonly used to highlight a fun design or motif on a piece of fabric as opposed to using a large piece of that fabric and kind of having the print get lost in the cut, if that makes sense. I'm going to go deeper. So by the end of this, you're going to be like, oh, that's what she means. Right now, it's a little obtuse. I know. Um, But you can use this technique when you're traditionally piecing, like patchwork piecing, or English paper piecing. Um, I suppose you can do it foundation paper piecing, But typically foundation paper piecing is to make like an overall shape thing. And I mean, again, foundation paper piecing is not my jam. I say that again, like you guys should just know that, but it's just not. Um, But if some of you out there are foundation paper piecers and you do use um, fussy cutting, please let me know. Like send me an email, Nicole at NicoleGilbertQuilts.com 
or uh, just find me on Facebook and Instagram at Nicole Gilbert Quilts and let me know. Um, I would love to hear it. Anyway, back to what I was talking about. All right. So when you're traditional piecing, aka patchwork piecing, you would fussy cut because you want a particular portion of the fabric highlighted. So let's say you're using a giant floral print and if you were to cut and subcut the fabric to get your squares and rectangles, you would end up decapitating some of those beautiful flowers. Instead, you could purposefully cut the fabric so that the blooms are showcased in the center of the cut. So then what gets left to the wayside is, uh, you know, the less desirable blooms or grass or stems or, you know, just whatever is not that central beautiful bloom that you want to get showcased. So that is kind of how you would do that for fussy cutting. You'll see this a lot for, um, I see people do this and I don't usually fussy cut for my patchwork um, quilts, like my traditionally piece quilts, uh, but it's mostly because that's not the types of fabrics that I use for my traditionally piece quilts. Um, I tend to use a lot of solids and blenders, but you will see a lot of this. I, I notice it when people make baby quilts um, or character quilts for children. They will make sure that they cut it so that in the center of those blocks is the character or cartoon that they want to highlight. And so obviously, if you were to just straight cut and subcut that, you would end up lobbing poor Lightning McQueen's um, tires off. So that is kind of why you do that. All right. So now we're going to move on to English paper piecing. Fussy cutting is super popular in English paper piecing. Um, because of the way that many of the shapes used while English paper piecing come together, there tends to be something of a kaleidoscope effect. So when you um, abut, you know, six rhombuses together, you end up with this beautiful star um, that comes together at the points. And so it can be pretty amazing, the new designs that are created. When you're English paper piecing, you can use your acrylic templates or paper pieces to determine where you'll cut your fabric. Uh, so I typically use acrylic templates, uh, just because they're sturdier and I can use a 28 millimeter rotary cutter around the acrylic template, which makes it a lot easier to cut out, um, the individual pieces of fabric. But what I do is I take my acrylic template and I always get acrylic templates that have the quarter inch seam allowance on them. Uh, you can get quarter inch, you can get three eighths, uh, inch people are different, but Usually acrylic templates come with both seam allowances or you can get no seam allowance. I get the ones with the seam allowance because I like to know exactly how much waste I'm going to have. Uh, so that there's that. But anyway, there will be a line marking where the paper piece will fall. And so you can center, you, you know, you drop that acrylic template right on the fabric with the image showing up through your acrylic template because they are um, translucent. They're either totally clear or they're like tinted pink or blue or yellow or something. But uh, they're totally clear. So you look through, you see exactly how you would want 
your finished piece where it would lie and then you cut around it or mark and cut it out however you do that. But you do that with either your acrylic template or your paper piece and um, it, they can make some pretty great designs. Now, in order to figure out exactly how your design would look in the end, um, I definitely suggest for beginner fussy cutters with English paper piecing, you kind of just find the exact same part of the print and use that. So you center it in the exact same way with the exact same parts referencing the same way so that that way when it comes together, it creates a kaleidoscope effect and it's pretty. It's not overly complicated or crazy. You're not having any like, whoa, I had no idea it was going to make that moments. But it's beautiful and it's going to get the job done. More advanced fussy cutters use some tools to determine exactly where they're going to fussy cut their imagery. So um, some of the tools out there are uh, – they're called – viewers. Uh, sometimes they're referred to as English paper piecing viewers. Sometimes they're referred to as fussy cutting viewers. But they are basically mirrors that are L-shaped or V-shaped with the mirror on the inside. Um, and they represent kind of the different corners of the different shapes you would be cutting out with your uh, template. And so you place them on the fabric in the orientation that you're kind of thinking about cutting out and it will replicate because of the way the mirrors face each other it will replicate the image all the way around so that you can see what that star shape that comes together once you cut out all your pieces and put them together would look like so before you even cut it kind of gives you an idea of what it would look like um, and I've seen some really cool stuff done, uh, like pieces that are absolutely not tails come together so that they look like little animal tails curling out um, and heads made to look like Gemini twins and just all sorts of really crazy upper level stuff. Really cool. Now, if you don't want to invest in a set of mirrors, and by the way, all of this will be in the show notes. Um, Shout out to uh, my girl, Abby. By the way, I brought in a new team member on the team. So I am very excited about all the things coming your way. But thanks to Abby, there actually will be good show notes, guys. Yay. Okay, back to what I was saying. Uh, so I will put links to all this stuff in the show notes. But if you don't want to invest in the uh, mirror uh, viewers, do you remember like those old school clamshell mirrors? They kind of looked like CoverGirl compacts where there was a mirror on one side and makeup on the other. Now, remember the ones that you got that like came with a brush in like a set in ninth grade that was like a mirror on each side and they closed like that compact? Use those. You can totally use one of those. Like you just open and shut um, and you can adjust the angle to get you how many pieces you would need and what that would look like. So that's a really cool little hack, and you can buy those things pretty much at any dollar store. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, shout out to the Dollar Tree for always having those random things that you weren't sure you ever needed in life, but then were like, oh my gosh, I need one of those, <laughs> and it's only a dollar. Uh, side note. 
Anyway, so, huh. so anyway, so that's the clamshell mother. All right, so what really creates that kaleidoscope effect, all of that, I know, rambles, I'm rambles McGee, all of that to say, what actually creates that kaleidoscope effect is the repeated imaged cut exactly the same way repeating around that flower circle whatever the shape may be um and it's really stinking cool guys um if you are not familiar with english paper piecing or you would really like to see what i'm talking about here with fussy cutting uh head over to instagram and in, you know, go over to the little thing that says browse. In the search field, type in um, Tula Nova. Or you can type in um, Lilabelle Prudence or Smitten. So those are three different, three different ones um, that are very popular patterns. Um, And you'd be amazed at what people are doing out there. It's really, really cool. And it will bring all of this to life, I swear. Okay, so that's the like what and how of fussy cutting. But what are the best fabrics to use? You know how much I love to say you can use anything because I'm like equal opportunity quilter over here. Um, But if I'm being 100% honest, that's not really true with – fussy cutting slash English paper piecing fussy cutting. So some fabrics don't work for some pretty obvious reasons. So solids obviously don't work because there's no print. And the whole point of fussy cutting is to highlight a specific portion of the print. No print, nothing to highlight, not usable for fussy cutting. Um, But they're great in English paper piecing to highlight the parts that you have fussy cut. So that's pretty cool. Um, So there's that. Ditzy prints don't work either. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar, a ditzy print are those really teeny tiny little prints. Like think about those flowers that are like baby's breaths. And so the entire fabric is just covered in those baby breaths. So it's like a pale blue background and one gajillion of those little white floral buds. And so it's it's like almost – the print is almost uniform. Like you would almost – I'm not saying never because I'm sure that there is some amazing genius with some crazy vision who can catch the repeat on a fabric like that. Um, but for us mere mortals, it's dang near impossible. Uh, and so that would not be fussy cut. Plus it just wouldn't have the impact. Um, even if you could find that repeat, it just, it wouldn't land the same way. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar, a repeat is when you look at fabric yardage, um, I would tend to say looking at one or more yards at once, um, looking at the prints and seeing where the print starts over again. So repeats can be anywhere from like, I've seen and by say, I've seen, like, I've had people explain to me that, like, this fabric has a four-inch repeat. I've never been able to catch a really small repeat like that. Typically, those end up being some of your, like, ditzies and stuff because they're so tightly packed. Uh, but a lot of repeats end up being somewhere between 12 and 24 inches, and the pattern starts over again completely. 
Um, so that's what I'm talking about in the repeat. Um, so anyway, so ditzies packed together, can't really do it. Uh, and that's really the same thing with blenders and marbles as well. There's not like a particular thing that pops out and says like, hey, I'm the pattern, pick me. Uh, it's all kind of the same. It's it, They're very similar to solids. And that's why they're amazing because they add texture um, while still giving you that feeling of a solid. They're just not great for fussy cutting. And by not great, I mean like don't use them. Uh, but um, – also, let's talk about tone on tones. So your tonals, there's a little bit of an argument on this, and I can see both sides, but I'm in the camp that tonals shouldn't be used, mostly because I like my fussy cutting to hit you in the face. Like, I want people to be like, holy cow, did you see what Nicole did? That was amazing. I'm braggadocious like that. So I really get a kick out of like people being like, oh, and like thinking it's cool because I think it's cool. I get a kick out of it. Like I have fun putting this together and being like, did you see this? Did you see that? Like that, that excites me. That's what lights me up. So the tone on tone thing doesn't really get me because you have to look real close to see it. Now there are other people who love it because it's like such a subtle thing. Um, it's real low key and it's like, oh, oh, okay. I see, I see what you did there. Cool. Because you would have to look really closely. It's because with tone on tones, it's not that there's not a repeat. It's that the two colors, the background and the overlay are so close together. You typically can't see it until the light hits it just right or you're like an inch away from it. Um, and again, I like things that smack you right in the face. That's who I am. Um but to each his own on the tone on tone is basically where I'm going with that. Okay. So now that I have gone over all the things that don't work, let's chat about what does. So big, bold focal prints are ideal. Very artistic prints are ideal. Some of the most popular fabric designers when it comes to English paper piecing are mostly that popular because their designs are perfect for fussy cutting. So like Tula Pink, Kay Facet, Anna Maria Horner. Amazing. It's kind of like you actually feel like you've stumbled into someone's sketchbook when you look at their designs. Um, and obviously, especially me, you guys know me and my color. I love it when there's color coming out of the yin-yang and there's color everywhere with these three designers um and there's a ton of other designers too who are amazing um i just basically decided to name some hall of famers um because why not um so yeah you'll okay so we talked about the repeat so you'll want to make a note of the re okay so actually before we go into this you know how I love to get ahead of myself. Let's talk about why we love Tula Pink, K Facet, and Anna Marie Horner. Yes, they're bright. Yes, they draw on um, their their designs are very imagery based. They're not. You wouldn't just be like, oh, that's a floral. Like with Tula Pink, can you ever imagine being like, oh, that's a floral when you were talking about like anything in Pinkerville? Like, no, you'd be like, that's the one with the crazy unicorn Pegasus thing. And that's the green Pegasus. And, oh, wait, 
let me pull from my stash. Now I'm in Parisville and there's a lion eating a woman's head. I'm not making this up. There's actually is that. Um, there's also like a line with like squirrels and raccoons. Um, there's a skunk in line works. Um, and obviously there's zebra. Um, but there, there's just so much. There's It's crazy pants. Really, that's the only way. Like, unless you're looking at true colors. And there is a floral in true colors. So there's that, which is her line of, like, solid blenders, basically. Um, And they're beautiful and they're amazing. And there's nothing blendy about these blenders. I've made several quilts using only that quilt fabric line because it's so beautiful. That being said, I did patchwork didn't fussy cut that. I mean, I fussy cutted some of things to put into English paper piecing, but like that wasn't by itself. Anyway, I digress again. But uh, same thing with like Kaif has those bright flowers and um, just like I, I always feel like, you know, the spray that they spray in like a hotel room right before they do like the blue light and you get grossed out. This is no reflection on Kaif. I think his stuff is beautiful. Um but that like iridescent glow, um, a better, a better, less gross thing that I could have probably said would have been, remember those black felt posters that you colored on with markers and then you turned a black light on and then they glowed. That's what his fabric reminds me of, which is amazing. And I should really use that second reference and not the first one. I'll keep that in like my mental bank, but <laughs> uh, just truly amazing. But that's the kind of stuff you're looking for when you're fussy cutting. You want to be able to repeat, you know, these crazy peacocks or hearts or, or whatever they are um, to create something even bigger and even cooler. Um, Tulip Pink's new line that's coming out uh, shortly is called Curiouser and Curiouser, and it's based on Alice in Wonderland. And she has these gigantic focal prints of the queen of hearts and alice in wonderland but then she has a bunch of like coffee cups and mad hatter hats and all of these things and i'm already like in my head like i cannot wait to get my hands on this because i'm gonna cut it up and the thing is i'm not even that big of a fan of alice in wonderland but the fabric's gonna be so cool when i dissect it like, I think that fabric line is going to be amazing for English paper piecing, and I'm probably not going to use it for patchwork piecing at all because I just don't think it would translate. And you'll start to notice that as you're shopping for your fabric as well, um, especially if you are taking on new techniques. Some types of prints and focuses work better in different techniques. Um, and Total side note, speaking of like densities of prints and, and what to use them for, we'll go over that in that color theory workshop as well. So if you're interested in learning some of that, how density in print can affect the color theory and your color choices, please, please, please go to the modernquiltercircle.com slash um, color theory and uh, register for that workshop because I think you'll get immense value out of it. Uh, but anyway, I digress yet again. So we talked about what repeat was. So you'll also want to note the repeat of the print, especially in relation to the cut of fabric you purchase. So let's say you purchase fat eighths. 
you may not have enough of the repeat to cut five or six of the exact same image in a given size. Um, Because of how busy some prints are, uh, some are really big landscapey things. So again, I'm thinking of the focal print of Alice from Curiouser and Curiouser. Her face is huge. It's like a four or five inch print of just her face. But around it, there's a lot of curly cues and flowers and vines and all this really cool stuff around it that I know I can dissect into smaller things. But that face is taking up a big portion. Uh, And so like if I got a fat quarter, I might only get two, maybe three of her faces, in which case the you know, swirly wreath that I'm trying to cut out from to get those smaller pieces, there's only going to be two or three of those as well. So you got to kind of keep that in mind because a lot of this kaleidoscope effect that I'm referring to happens when you cut the exact same image in the exact same orientation. And so uh, you'll want to really keep that in mind um, and probably overbuy. Whatever you would buy in a normal yardage, you'd probably double, maybe even triple if you're fussy cutting. So keep that in mind. And yes, it's a negative. And yes, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, sometimes you, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm getting there. So now there are some downsides to fussy cutting. See, I told you I was getting there. So number one for most people and should not be ignored is that it can be quite wasteful. And I say that kind of tongue in cheeky because um, I don't waste fabric. Not me, no how, not never. Um, but I fussy cut. So there are some people out there who will try fussy cutting, do it once, and never do it again. And it's simply because um, – they don't know how to use those in-between pieces. So you'll end up with curvy, weird-shaped, two-inch, three-inch, four-inch squares, sometimes smaller than that scraps. And you're like, uh, what do I do with all of this nonsense? And I had to buy three yards but only used one yard, and now I've got two yards of not ideal scraps. It's a bummer. Not going to lie. But there are lots of things that you can do with those scraps. One, I keep them and I try to trim up as best I can into usable sizes as much as possible. Um, And then also, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Shannon Brinkley. She does this thing called scrappy applique. And applique is not my jam, but I think it's going to be because I'm kind of obsessed. I keep seeing her stuff around and I'm like, ooh, I I need to do just one just one. But stuff like that, excellent to use uh, those tiny weird wonky scraps for. Again, show notes, scrappy applique, I'll throw that in for you. Uh, It's pretty cool. But it's a huge downside, especially because quilting is not the most inexpensive hobby. Um, I'm sure some of you know that. And it's one of the reasons why I say you can use anything. You just have to know how to use it well um, or properly uh, because I do think that that is true and that releases a lot of barriers from people. But that being said, you are going to – buy more fabric than you need and you may feel like the fabric you have left over is not usable. 
And for some of you who don't have kind of several different techniques in your back pocket, um, it might not be usable. So really keep that in mind when you're entertaining the idea of fussy cutting. Um, Now, the number two downsides with fussy cutting that I don't necessarily see as a downside, but I know many others do and are like, "Mm -mm, not doing it. It takes a lot of patience and concentration and time because you would be amazed at how disappointing it is when that cut is just slightly off and your whole kaleidoscope just doesn't look quite right. It doesn't look wrong, but it doesn't look right. And that's really sad after you spend a lot of time doing it. So the time and patience you have to have is just astronomical. So there you have it, guys. You have just finished another episode of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me. To catch up on today's episode and all past episodes, head over to themodernquiltercircle.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now stop scrolling and start sewing. <laughs>